Y'all know what time it is. The air is crisp. The leaves are crunch. The pumpkin spice. It's spooky season. And from COVID to midterms to the election, there's a lot to be spooked about. The future can seem scarier than any golem, ghost, or ghoul. But remember, you are not alone. From change comes growth. And it's sweater weather, baby. I can't go out this Halloween. Me too. I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to staying home. You always love staying home. If the apocalypse happened outside your apartment, I don't even think that you'd notice. Okay, fair. But my roommate's having a movie night, and I'm genuinely excited to curl up with some popcorn and get the scared out of me. All right. That does sound kind of fun. Not as fun as the costume party I won't be going to. You can still have one over Zoom. But how will everyone see my shoes? Uh, I think you'll live. Will I? Will I? No, I, I feel you. It sucks not being able to celebrate, socialize. <laughs> Thanks for validating me. It's like when I first got sober and I thought, what am I going to do at parties now if I don't have a drink in my hand? How do I enjoy it if I'm not buzzed? Like, is it even the same experience at all? Is it worth it? Or should I just stay home? I never understood the saying, go big or go home. Like, what's wrong with going home? I'd rather go home. I'd rather not. This brain doesn't entertain itself. But you adapt. That's the thing. I realized that what I loved about going out was the people, the connections, and the music. And I got more of those things when I could actually remember the night. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want, to go out and enjoy people. So where's the part where I stay in and it's all easy and fine? Well, it wasn't easy at first, but even before I realized there were so many things I loved about recovery, I knew I was making the sacrifice for a really important reason. By giving it up, I was saving my dreams, my future, maybe even my life, you know? And preventing COVID is kind of like that, if you think about it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I know you're right. It might not be my life, but it's my parents and my friends' parents and my professors and everybody else that's at high risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. This caring about other people things sucks. I hate it. I know. Me too. Hey, guys. Hey! Hey! So I can't risk it since I'm seeing my grandma next week, but there's this outdoor socially distanced costume party in the park I heard about if any of you guys are interested. Yes! I have a movie night to go to, but thanks. Have you heard? 69% of Rams avoid drinking or partying with people they don't know. That's especially important now with the COVID pandemic. Halloween, the best holiday.
holiday of the year where we can dress like sexy Ronald McDonald or even a sponge if that's what we're feeling. It sucks that it's being impacted by COVID. We might miss those spooky festivals, terrifying haunted houses, or those memorable costume parties. But there are other ways to keep the festive mood and also keep ourselves and loved ones safe. Even leaving out a bowl of candy can be risky. And not just because that kid dressed as a Fortnite character is stealing all the goods. If you interact with an item and someone else touches it, it gives COVID a chance to spread. Ultimately, limiting your interactions with people is recommended. So if you do decide to go to an orchard, pumpkin patch, or a haunted forest, Make sure you stay six feet away from people you don't live with and carry hand sanitizer. We all know you want to rock that new Among Us fit with the helmet for Halloween, but as cute as these costumes are, they won't protect you from COVID, so make sure you wear a mask that has at least two layers. If you're a homebody like me, you might like to enjoy Halloween in the comfort of your own home, which is your safest option. You could carve goofy pumpkins with family or roommates or decorate your home with some fun decorations, inside and out. If you are dying to dress up, you could do a cute photo shoot with yourself or hold a virtual costume party with friends. May the best costume win. Movie nights watching cult classic slasher films are a personal favorite. Or if you're feeling Halloween Town or Casper the Friendly Ghost, those are good too. Stay safe and stay spooky. The following segment contains discussion of relationship violence. Sometimes taking care of your mental health means skipping stuff that's too upsetting, so feel free to do that. And if you've experienced violence and want help, visit counseling.vcu.edu. Ew, what a toxic relationship. Uh, true. Ugh, someone needs to teach these people about healthy communication. Do I uh, need to pause the movie? No, no, I'll shut up. It's just... Okay, I'm pausing. Do these people even have anything in common? I feel like every movie has some boring straight couple that's in love because of reasons, even though the only thing you see is them being miserable together. And then people get in these random relationships and wonder why they can't make it work, even though there's no trust or respect or even friendship at the foundation of it, you know? Because they've seen it in stupid movies, and then they go through the motions, thinking that's how you find love. Yeah, I get you. Do you, though? Yeah, it's just, we're watching Runaway from the Stabber Man 6. It's not exactly in the Criterion Collection. And I think the whole thing is about him trying to stab her. Be kind of weird if they're in a healthy relationship. No, I think the Stabber Man is someone else who's just trying to kill them both, like a jealous ghost or whatever. I don't know. Rick from AV Club said it was good. Anyway, it just gets to me because so many movies are like that, not just this one. Yeah, I know what you mean. Relationships aren't just about two people making out and then getting married. They actually have to have stuff in common. And treat each other with respect. And be there for each other for the hard stuff. And listen when they disagree. And make each other laugh. Honestly, I'd kill for a movie that really showed that. Because I think it just makes the story so much more compelling. Hell, I'd kill for a relationship like that in real life. I feel you. Maybe that's why Stabber Guy is killing people. He just wants love. That's so sad. Poor Stabby. So, do you have any more hot takes or can I hit play again? You might be in a healthy relationship if you trust your partner or partners. They support you in reaching your goals. You feel physically and emotionally safe and respected. You're comfortable spending some time apart. Forgiveness feels like peace, not force. They like you for who you are. You enjoy exchanging ideas. They like you for who you are. You treat each other with kindness. You have fun together. If you're in a relationship where these things are present, that's awesome. If you're looking for these things, that's great too. 
And of course, if you're perfectly happy without a partner, that's also super cool. If you're in a relationship where you feel something might be missing, know that you're not alone. Being young or just being alive is all about figuring out what we want and don't want and what we value. If you're looking to improve your relationship, you might want to read up on communication. To start off, visit the help pages at counseling.vcu.edu. Above all, consider how your relationships make you feel. If your gut tells you something just isn't right, that's important data. You might want to try making a list of pros and cons for staying in the relationship and another list of the pros and cons of leaving. If you feel trapped in a bad relationship, know that there's hope. It often takes a person many tries to leave an unhealthy situation. If you've tried and failed before, have some compassion for yourself and remember that you can try again. It helps to have the support of friends, family, or even a counselor. There's a spectrum of behavior ranging from toxic to abusive that can serve as red flags that something's not right. Toxic behaviors can include lying, not holding oneself accountable for one's actions, frequently starting fights, ignoring or neglecting the other person, and more. Abusive behaviors can include verbal insults, controlling the other person, and physical violence like hitting, slapping, or pushing. If you feel mentally or physically unsafe around your partner, consider making a plan to help you safely and quickly escape in case the situation escalates. If you see red flags for abuse in your relationship, want help with safety planning, or just need a second pair of eyes on whatever you're experiencing, the advocacy program at University Counseling Services is here with non-judgmental help. For a confidential consultation or appointment, call 804-828-6200 or email myoptions at vcu.edu. You can also visit counseling.vcu.edu for more info. P.S. Did you know? There's a common myth that toxic or abusive relationships are most commonly caused by narcissism. Actually, according to some experts, the four most common causes of unhealthy relationships are poor communication and personal boundaries, emotional or mental immaturity, childhood or adult wounds and traumas, or, a bit less often, mental health disorders. Narcissistic personality disorder is only one mental health disorder with specific diagnostic criteria, and it's highly unlikely that most people who abuse others have it. Regardless of the cause, if you want relationship help, check out counseling.vcu.edu. Hi, my name is Pega and I'm an intern at UCS, and I'm here to talk about the election. The upcoming presidential election can be a stressful time for students, and specifically students who hold marginalized identities, such as women, BIPOC, LGBTQIA+, and international students, this may be a particularly stressful time. Minority stress is a stress experienced uniquely by individuals from marginalized backgrounds due to their, their minoritized status in the world. Experiences of individual level and institutional level discrimination contribute to minority stress, which in turn can lead to a host of negative mental health outcomes, including depression, stress, anxiety, and lower self-esteem. With that in mind, it's important that you take care of yourself leading up to the election. So here are some things you can do. One, consider how you can be most supported on election night. This can include seeking support from individuals with whom you feel most connected and close. Two, plan self-care activities for the day and week after the election night. Self-care activities can include um, exercise, mindfulness, relaxation, journaling, watching enjoyable movies, and other activities you enjoy. Three, consider limiting consumption of social media. This can be particularly restorative uh, by unplugging every now and then. 
And of course, if you or someone you may know is still struggling with this election, you can always consult UCS and we can help you get connected to mental health services. You can schedule an initial appointment by calling 804-828-6200. Oh my god, girl, if you bust my eardrum, you're paying my hospital bill. Are you okay? What happened? It's all just pointless. Hey, what's going on? This one was just looking at her phone and started freaking out. What's pointless, honey? Everything. I can't get all these stupid assignments done in time. I have a test tomorrow I haven't studied for. I can't even go see my parents without worrying I'm going to get them sick. Every day there's something new and terrible happening in the news and I can't do anything about it. Like seriously, who came up with this system where everything is dual at once? If this is how the midterms are going to be, I have no idea how I'm going to handle finals. Hey, hey, freshman year is tough. Especially with COVID going on. I have to finish editing a video for critique on Thursday. I don't even know how to edit a video. I'm an illustrator, not a video magician person. I'm gonna fail. What's the use of it all? Well, you're kind of right on the pointlessness front. <laughs> Life can be absurd and random, and a lot of people think it's just what you make of it that matters, but that can be liberating too. <sighs> <sighs> you do realize that's not helpful to anyone who isn't a philosophy major. Look, you can't do all this stuff at once because you're only alive one moment at a time. So just exist one moment at a time. Yeah, mindfulness. We learned that at yoga. You should do yoga with us, Rec Sports has it. Pick the first thing you need to do and just do that. Worry about the rest later. You can only do one thing at a time anyway. Yeah, multitasking is a myth. At least I think that's what my intro to psych teacher said. I don't know, I was on Instagram at the time. I don't know what to do first. I'm just, I'm just too overwhelmed. Then just take a break for now and take some deep breaths. I can't take a break. I have too much to do. You have to take a break, even if it's just a few minutes. Your mental health is the most important thing, and it's impossible to get anything done when you're panicking anyway. Just take a few deep breaths. I swear it won't kill you. <sighs> Ooh, we learned this in vinyasa. Inhale for four seconds, hold for eight, then exhale for seven. Oh, and make sure that you breathe all the way down into your stomach. God, that exercise has gotten me through so much. Literally, me too. How do you feel now? Um, still like crap, but like slightly calmer crap, I guess. Ugh, mood, honestly. Good. Now let's all go take a walk, and when we get back, we'll figure out the one thing for you to do next. Well, the test is tomorrow, so I should probably study for that. Great. Start with that. After we get back. No talking about school until then. So, as we all know, this semester has kind of been stressful as hell for a lot of people. Online classes? Messy. COVID? Even messier. All my plans? Non-existent. Mindfulness? Never heard of her. Low-key, I have really had some moments where I forgot that I was supposed to be taking care of myself, and based on how some of y'all look lurking around campus, I'm not the only person who feels this way. You might have heard the saying, let go of that which doesn't serve you. Or maybe you haven't. 
Anyways, this doesn't mean that you should give up on tough problems or cut people out of your life. It does mean that you should take time away from that cycle of anxiety that messes with your time and your energy. And this is where mindfulness comes in. Mindfulness is really all about living your life in the now and not getting too caught up in the dark side of your brain. Quick reminder for all my friends who forgot, your mental health and mindfulness are important. And if you're looking for ways to be more mindful, the first thing that I would recommend is going outside. When it's not gross, it's kind of pretty. Mindfulness means coming back to the present moment over and over again. Your brain might protest. Well, what if I fail the exam? What if so-and-so's mad at me? What if my outfit's ugly and the world explodes and everything's just so terrible? Every time that this happens, and trust me, it probably will happen, bring yourself back down to earth. Take note of your surroundings. Pay attention to your breathing. Try to let the bad thoughts go and the good ones flow. Anti-ways, if you need something a little less cosmic and a little bit more hands-on, for all my classy benches out there, try going to an orchard or something. They make great photo ops, and it's also a nice little road trip that you can take with family or friends. Also, apple picking. Just make sure that you wear a mask and stay at least six feet away from other people at all times, because <clears throat> COVID. Now, if the outdoors is not your jam, you can always try doing other things like making seasonal snacks. Candied apples or something pumpkin spice flavored? Delicious. Oh, yeah. On top of staying mindful, though, I do think it's really important that we all set aside some me time to de-stress. Can life get busy? Sure can. But, like, you gotta look out for number one. If you can tell that you need a break, take that break. If you're looking for more ways to reduce your stress levels, from my own personal experience, I recommend planning out a schedule for yourself so that you don't get so overwhelmed. Also, exercise is apparently a really great stress reducer, but who has time for this? So, you know, consider taking the stairs or something. I'm pretty sure that that counts. <laughs> Seriously, though, exercise doesn't have to be super intense. Something as simple as following along with an at-home yoga video that you found on YouTube can genuinely help you relieve tension and improve your mood. If you're interested in pursuing mindfulness further, one great app that we here at The Well recommend is Insight Timer. It costs the low, low price of free and hosts tons of guided meditations. Toodles and ta-ta for now. Start by finding a nice, quiet, and comfy spot. Whether that's in the chair, on the ground, or in the bed. Go ahead and take a nice, big, deep breath in and let it out. Notice the natural breath. Air flow in through the nose, down to the back of the throat, into the chest and down into the belly. Follow the airflow out. Dropping into this moment, allowing your mind to be present. Gently closing the eyes if that feels comfortable. Noticing any sounds around you. Noticing the texture, the chair, or floor or bed beneath you. 
grounding yourself in the space. Noting that there's no other place you need to be except for right here and now. Set an intention for yourself today. Maybe that is to be kind to yourself. Get out of your space to do something to take care. Whatever it is, set the intention now. Then come back to the breath. Nice inhale in and exhale out. Knowing you can come back to this place at any time and thank yourself for the practice. <laughs>